Well, good evening, church. Welcome. It's Wednesday night. Time for our devotional refresh as we're uh, working our way through Mark's gospel. Let me just take a minute and remind you that this is a big Sunday coming up on November 15th, the World Impact Sunday. And I hope you're all thinking about some of the projects we have. No doubt you'll, uh, well, Murray's going to be with us on Sunday morning and presenting the three projects that we have with the Rowleys in Cambodia and, and, uh, and with, uh, Adrian and Sharon Thomas in the Dominican and the Bible school that we're going to be working toward helping plant in northern India and Delhi. So, so many things, probably trying to raise about two hundred and fifteen to two hundred and twenty thousand dollars. We need everybody's help. I hope you're praying about it and do something sacrificial. So that's this Sunday morning uh, right here in the sanctuary at 10 o'clock and live stream. Of course, everyone's welcome and invited to participate. The text we're looking at, there's one incident, and if you're really observant, you would have noticed that last Wednesday night when I read through a chunk of Mark chapter 11, we read these words and I specifically didn't comment on them. Like I kind of just omitted them because I knew that tonight I want to give all of our attention to just one incident, and it's the cleansing of the temple. And it's in Mark 11, verses 15 through 19. And it reads like this. And they came to Jerusalem, and he entered, that's Jesus, he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold and those who bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. And he was teaching them And saying to them, is it not written? And now Jesus quotes the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. But you have made it a den of robbers. And the chief priests and the scribes heard it. They heard what Jesus said. And were seeking a way to destroy him. For they feared him. Because all the crowd was astonished at his teaching. And when evening came, they went out of the city. And I'll tell you why I singled this one instance out for our study uh, tonight. And and it's this. This is uh, as angry and as violent as we ever see Jesus, I think, in the Gospels. And for that reason alone, it really deserves our attention. It's significant, the the one institution, the only institution that Jesus visits as he enters the city is the temple. It's, It's what goes on in the temple, and there's a reason for that. Jesus is the fulfillment of all that the temple and the old covenant and all those sacrifices with all those animals. Jesus is the fulfillment of it. He has a vested interest in what's going on in the temple because it has to be an accurate portrayal of Jesus. So you see Jesus angry and a lot of people have a hard time uh, associating anger with deity or wrath with deity. Jesus is God, God with us. 
and you see him in this situation, not just asking these people to leave. Mark's pretty specific, driving them out. How, how did he do that? What did that look like? Driving these people out. Let's look at three or four thoughts around this incident. First, the, the nature of the problem. I want to say, again, I've been stressing this because it's such a distortion that's very common among the, the progressive movement in theology. This is not Jesus against organized religion. A lot of people are interpreting, every time they see a conflict like this, they see Jesus hating organized religion, and then they just use that. They start writing books, sort of uh, downplaying uh, the, the importance of the traditional church. They make like Jesus was against the traditional church. And that that's miles from what this text is about. What this text is about is Old Covenant New. And Jesus sees this distortion of the covenant and the practice of a temple that was actually designed to point to him, to find its fulfillment in him. So as I said a minute ago, Jesus has a vested interest in what's going on in the worship practices of this church. Particularly, the nature of this problem had to do with the court of the Gentiles, so that outsiders, proselytes could come and they could, they could offer sacrifices and participate in the benefits of the covenant, that covenant that was pointing to Jesus Christ. And the Jews, the religious leaders, those running the temple, the buying and the selling taking place in the court of the Gentiles and the crookedness of the practice there, all of that served to negate the very promise of that old covenant and temple worship that was designed to bless all the nations, all the peoples. And so in this court of the Gentiles, significantly, that's where a lot of these abuses were taking place. This is what angers Jesus. He understands that this isn't pointing accurately to the fulfillment of that covenant in his own person and in his own shed blood. The covenant was for all people all should find it easy to come and have access to God because that's what Jesus was all about. So this is not Jesus against the traditional church. This is Jesus, again, frustrated with the lack of understanding that the old covenant was all fulfilled in him. That's the conflict that has been battling in these last few chapters of Mark's gospel. Okay, point number two. The corruption of pure worship by, by human greed. People would come from a distance. They would come to Jerusalem. They would come to the temple, particularly the court of the Gentiles, outsiders. They would come long distances. So it's very difficult to bring livestock, the animals that were required for sacrifice. So what would happen is people would come with money. They would buy an animal once they reached the temple so they would have something to sacrifice. Now, these money changers and these swindlers in the court of the Gentiles, they would recognize if you came from a long way, you're not going to leave without making the sacrifice. Hence, they could charge whatever they wanted for the animal you were going to sacrifice. They're ripping people off. That's what Jesus sees. People coming for pardon. People coming for the kind of forgiveness that Jesus was the fulfillment of, and they were charging exorbitant fees for people to find that kind of pardon through the sacrifice that pictured the death of Christ. 
And there's another kind of corruption here. It, it's found in that phrase. You see it in our text, verse 15. A lot of people don't think much about it where it's called money changers. Money changers. So people would come with foreign currency and they'd need to buy a sacrifice. Before they bought the sacrifice, they'd have to change their money. And these people would charge exorbitant fees for changing the currency. You know what that's like. You go to one institution and you want to find out what a dollar's worth or two dollars or a hundred dollars and this place charges X and you go to this place and you find out they're charging twice as much to change your money and how ripped off you feel. That's exactly the situation here because it had to be, it had to be in the temple currency. I get that, by the way, from Exodus 30. I mean, this doesn't make for exciting reading until you come to a situation like this and it explains what's going on. Exodus 30, 13 to 16, look at Each one who is numbered in the census shall give this, half a shekel according to the shekel of the sanctuary, half a shekel as an offering to the Lord. Everyone who is numbered in the census from 20 years old and upward shall give the Lord's offering. The rich shall not give more, the poor shall not give less than half a shekel. When you give the Lord's offering to make atonement for your lives, you shall make the atonement money from the people of Israel and shall give it for the service of the tent of meat. So the idea is it has to be that currency and the money changers, verse 15, they know they've got the people over a barrel. They can see it in the old covenant. They're abusing. It's the same, it's the same problem that's angering Jesus. They're abusing this old covenant system so that it's not an accurate picture of the fulfillment in Jesus Christ. It's a striking text. There's not a lot of positive features here. It's Jesus angry with the corruption that he sees in this old covenant system because it doesn't reflect accurately what he is all about. Three, both, this is really striking, surprising actually, both the sellers and the buyers were objects of Jesus' anger. You wouldn't think that, but look what it says in verse 15. And they came to Jerusalem And he entered the temple and began to, listen, drive out those who sold and those who bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. This is a really striking point, surprising. It seems, if if Mark's words are true, it seems that Jesus was angry both with those dealing crookedly and angry with those who were allowing themselves to be conned and duped by this old covenant system that was so bent out of shape. He he, he seems to put a responsibility on everyone to keep their hearts informed and, and tuned in to God's will and God's way so it's wrong to con others in the things of God, and it's wrong to allow yourself to be duped. So dishonesty, crookedness, and gullibility. Striking. Jesus is angered at both. There's something, I think there's something to be said about that. There's a, there's a basic uh, kind of a theological grasp of the progression of revelation, old covenant into new, especially, especially old covenant into new, that that Jesus expects to be grasped and understood because of all the fulfilled prophecies. Point number four. 
Here's an example. I just mentioned fulfilled prophecies. Jesus further fulfilled scriptural prophecy about himself. He doesn't just cleanse the temple. He doesn't just drive out the money changers. He points to the, the prediction of this in Zechariah 14.21. And every pot in Jerusalem and Judah shall be holy to the Lord of hosts, so that all who sacrifice may come and take them and boil the meat of the sacrifice in them. And there shall no longer be a traitor in the house of the Lord of hosts in that day. And so Jesus takes this text and he, and he kind of makes it clear that what he's doing here has this old covenant base. He really is the fulfillment of the old covenant. He's justified in what he's doing. So he wants people to see the nature of what they're doing and how it points to him. Point number five. Jesus condemns their boldness in their, in their abuse of the old covenant, their mistreatment of the worship of God. It comes out most strongly in Jesus' words in, in uh, verse 17. Look at this. And he was teaching them and saying to them, is it not written? And now again, same thing. Jesus does this over and over, straight to the old covenant to show the roots of his redeeming work. Is it not written, quote, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you've made it a den of robbers. So Jesus, he goes straight to uh, Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 11, quotes it. Has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your eyes? Jeremiah seven eleven. Behold, I myself have seen it. A couple of things as we wrap up. So this is point number five, A. The primary purpose that Jesus sees in the temple as it points to his coming is this, a place of prayer, intercessory prayer, prayer for all nations. So the thrust, again, is not a closed system where they can abuse the Gentiles and those who come, but a system that's designed to point to all nations. Intercessory prayer for all nations. There's, there's a, an inclusiveness in the reach of Jesus that was meant to be demonstrated in the old covenant temple system. A house of prayer. Secondly, this den of thieves. I, I, what a striking phrase. A den of thieves. A, a place where highway bandits would regroup meet, uh, divide the spoils, plan their next adventure. So they would count their take, plan their next robbery, and you get this classic picture Jesus showing of how people were using the old covenant to reject Jesus, how people were using the old covenant to abuse a religious system that was meant to find its fulfillment in Christ. These religious leaders and practitioners were hardening themselves more and more deeply into sin, encouraging one another in their rejection of Jesus. Our text ended with them going out, planning how they might destroy Jesus. So, so the very people, the very system that was designed to see its completion and fulfillment in Jesus is seeking to destroy Jesus. That's that picture of that band of robbers. They, they abuse the people, 
They, they abuse the old covenant. And then they plot and plan how to get rid of Jesus. A band of thieves. It's a terrible thing when we not only fail to hear the voice of God as we worship, but we actually use actually use some kind of outward devotion to an old system to, to reject Christ. And, and again, it's, it's such a unique picture of Jesus. He's not only displeased with it, we would say brokenhearted, grieved, but angered. So, so there is no ultimate uh, dichotomy, no ultimate split between a God who is compassionate and a God who has wrath for those who reject grace and mercy as it's fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And I want to take one whole night and just look at that striking, striking passage of Scripture because I think we need the lessons of it. Let's pray. We're so grateful that uh, your word gives us this complete picture with different facets because we all have our own proclivities. We have our own way of designing what we think Jesus ought to be like. And we're so grateful for the truth of your word. I pray, Lord Jesus, that uh, even as we come into our World Impact Sunday, that this truly would be a house of outreach and intercession for all the nations, all the nations to see the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And so bless everything toward that end, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless the church. Thanks for your time. Sunday, don't forget, see you there. Love one another.